Back to Tesh Matters with Jeff Boggs. New Iberia's only daily live call-in talk show. Straight up 11 o'clock. My pleasure to welcome back into the studio. New Iberia Mayor, Freddie DeCord. How you doing, sir? I'm fine, sir. Good morning. Good. Uh, long meeting Tuesday. Uh, we'll rehash that in just a little bit. But any other uh, breaking news or things uh, you want to share? Well, you know, I just rushed here from a Pepperplex meeting. So it was the first construction meeting of all the work that's happening out there. So uh, walked through with the contractor, uh, mainly focused on scheduling and getting started. But that's exciting to see that... All that project is, is, you know, in the works, and then uh, we'll go over it, I'm sure, but at the council meeting, we approved a couple of more projects and uh, are letting contracts for that. Then I reviewed and got a letter today from our project engineer on the next phase of the road program, which is Concrete Streets, and so uh, got a letter to uh, recommending that we award it to the low bidder. So that'll be on the next meeting. So, yeah, today's kind of project day. Between that and working on budgets, we have budget meetings next week for next year. And, uh, you know, really trying to take that money that we have been frugal with and that have been blessed with and uh, get it back where it belongs. We're not a bank. It needs to go back to the public. So uh, looking at some major sewer improvements as well as uh, hopefully more roads. We have our little uh, tax reallocation that comes in November kind of doing some planning to get ready to get that out there and really educate people that it's not a new tax. So uh, busy, but uh, all good stuff. There you go. Remind us what that tax uh, would do. Yeah, we take a debt. We're going to take... And what it's currently doing. Yes. Right now, it is a millage debt that is towards sewer, towards actually building the new sewer plant, which is not new anymore. Um, so we will be paying that off early and then asking the voters to please give it right back. So it, uh, taxes will not change at all. It was the only way that we could do much more road improvements without having to raise any taxes or do anything like that. So what it will do is give us those mills right back, dedicated only to the roads, for 20 years. That will allow us to immediately bond out $10 million more and continue the road program that we've started, where we're spending $12.5 million. That will also allow seven hundred to seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. So I say seven fifty for road maintenance, which is fifteen million over that twenty years, and that will allow the next mayor because I have a shelf life. I will be out of here. The next mayor after you know I finish and you know hopefully I get one more term, but the next mayor that first ten million that we would borrow would be paid off and they'd be able to borrow ten million more. So if you count, and that's $35 million that could go strictly to our roads. We've never had anything dedicated like that of that amount anywhere close to it for the roads. And our problem is every mayor comes along, does one road initiative, spends 8 to $10 million. We spent 12.5 this time. And then a mayor serves three terms, you know, up to three terms. So 12 years later, you know, that mayor's gone, and it's the next person. So we have these gaps of 10 to 12 years that no road work, no major road program is in place. This would give us something that would be in place for 20 years. There you go. And again, you know, in theory, um, someone's going to ask the voters to probably uh, extend it. Yeah, well, if it works, and I'm yeah. fully confident that it will, well, then we could we could continue to do that. And, you know, the next mayor would have to look at it hopefully the same way. I, I hope to be back in my business that, you know, I'm not for you know, too many tax increases myself. We, we have had some taxes and passed some taxes, and, and government does need money to function. But I think that this is a good way to do it, that you aren't raising taxes, you're just reallocating, uh, you know, 
and there'll be some more opportunities, not probably for, you know, as long as I could be in office, but I do see that eight or ten years from now, there are going to be some more opportunities to do exactly this same thing. So I'm a big proponent of dedicating, you know, if you ask the voters for something, uh, you know, that's a tax, that's a fee, whatever, it should be dedicated to that so that someone can't come along and bait and switch and do something else. So I think as long as we stay along those lines and educate people on what, what they're getting and, you know, what we're doing with it, I think we have a good chance of success. All right. So, again, uh, that is along the November uh, That's election. going to be on the November ballot, yeah. I've seen a little bit about it on Facebook. One guy was, you know, watch them. They're raising taxes, and he went away pretty quick. And then someone else asked a question, and then it was really fun to watch council members. You know, by the time I saw it, I'm kind of slow on all of that. I, I, you know, I look at it, but not I don't live on it. And uh, someone actually texted me and said, go look at it, and that's normally what happens to me. And so some of our council had already kind of addressed the issue and already explained it, and they, they, you know, did a good job of explaining it. And so I don't normally do that, but I added my two cents. And, uh, you know, all the responses were positive once people realized, you know, that we weren't trying to do a tax increase. And, you know, we all drive these same roads. So even with the road program we have now, we're not going to fix enough of them. So it's uh, certainly a, a good use for our tax dollars. There you go. You know, since uh, you and I spoke last, uh, New Iberia lost a couple of uh, members of the community so active in parks and recreation. I know, man. It's, you know, uh, Pat Thibodeau and then Beefy. Uh, It's just sad. It really is. Uh, Two great people that did a bunch for our recreation department and just for our whole community. And, you know, we're both plugged in and so involved with stuff. So it's a sad day for us, for our community, a loss for our, our whole town. Uh, definitely. I know Pat was laid to rest last week, and yes. uh, Beef Services, if if there are some, uh, yes. his, his wishes were not necessarily to be uh, revered, but uh-huh. um, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what a bunch of us might uh, pull off? Yeah, somebody might pull something <laughs> off. No, but yeah, just two great people, man. No, that's a, that's a huge loss for us. No doubt. Um, persons uh, addressing the council on Tuesday night included Thomas Falgu, an update on the chamber. I would imagine he had some thoughts about the gumbo cook-off. And he, also, cer- he certainly did. And um, speaking of which, uh, you, you're scheduled to be on the show again before the Sugarcane Festival. Well, actually, right at the start of the right. festival. Uh, any news on that uh, before uh, we get to Thomas? Sure. Course? I had a meeting this morning, and the Sugarcane Festival, uh, everybody who puts that together was at my office meeting with the police, the fire department, and public works. As we do every year, because, you know, since 19, they've, they've come downtown and kind of taken over the downtown for a few days, which is wonderful. I, I think that's why we have this downtown. People who uh, live here maybe don't always appreciate it or kind of just take it for granted. But when you have a fair or a festival and the roads are blocked and everybody's there enjoying themselves, I, I hear nothing but positive remarks of, you know, this is really cool. And then uh, gives it's a great way to show off our downtown for our visitors. So uh, they were at my office this morning. Uh, one of the many, you know, all these events take a lot of plan, and this was maybe the second uh, planning meeting, and then we'll have another one closer to the festival. But uh, So they're raring to go, and you can expect, uh, you know, they will take over downtown again, and uh, I think it's a, it's a cool thing. Yeah. Two, so weeks, later, two yeah. weeks later, it'll be the gumbo cook-off. What did Thomas have to say on it or anything else? Oh, yeah. We talked about the gumbo cook-off, and they kind of shared their plans and what they're doing, and we talked about the chamber in general. And kind of he kind of highlights the functions and the things that the chamber does for us. And so it was, it was a good it was informative. And he that's the second time he's come because he's kind of new. And so uh, we just uh, gave us a good overview. 
All right. Real good. And Cynthia Elmer uh, discussed National Suicide Prevention Week, which is next month, I think. Next month. And so we have a proclamation for that, and she comes every year, and she's just a tireless worker for suicide prevention. And so she just brought us up to speed and gave us some very sobering stats. Uh, And, you know, it's good to be aware of it, and it's good to bring awareness to that it is a a problem that's a national problem. But in Louisiana, our stats are not good. So uh, I appreciate, you know, all the work she does to to bring that to light. Yeah. We had one in the parish uh, last week. Yeah, uh, yeah. And there's some um, uh, other issues involved there. But anyway, the um, council had three ordinances that were up for final adoption. Two of them were probably uh, more routine. The other one should have probably been routine, but uh, understand a lot of discussion about... um, the uh, age of... Uh, yeah, that's, that's one that's got more attention than I ever would have thought. But uh, basically, the state said if you're 18 and under, because there's always confusion of that. People say, yeah, they're bringing it to 18, so now people think you're not an adult at 18, okay? No. It, it, it was 17, and then now the state raised it to 18. Well, we're governed by state law. I can't leave the state, okay? I can't leave the parish, can't leave the state. So as a city, we need to function with the same laws and, and, and keep our things coherent and you know a uh, uh, you know in line with the state and so that's all we're doing all we did the police chief and the city prosecutor basically said you know we got to get in line with the state the state's made a change so we need to make a change so if you're 18 yes you are adult if you're under 18 you, you are considered a minor and that's all that was on the table was to say yes we're going to make it you know run with uh, exactly the same as state law but it turns into, you know, I saw on Facebook, you know, people acted like New Iberia was making its own rules. We were coming up with our own definition of what an adult was. And so people got all, you know, been out of shape with that. And then we had, as a council, a lot of discussion about the penalties of being caught out after curfew. Um, I stand by, if you look in our code book, and it's very thick and it's got tons of codes in it, and some of them are very old, but all of them refer to penalties because there are always penalties. And we have like this one common penalty that, you know, if there's no other penalty, it's $500 or so much time in jail. So that's always been on the books. Everything is left up to discretion, discretion of police officers, discretion of judges. And the police chief happened to be there for something else. And so uh, Todd did a very good job of kind of explaining it and basically saying, you know, we're not putting anybody in jail because they're out after curfew. Now, if they, you know, he didn't put it quite like that. But if they shot somebody, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. they're going to be out. They're going to get picked up for curfew, too. OK, but basically it's the other crimes. And, and you know, it gives law enforcement a tool. Um, yeah. I, I, and I made the uh, comparison yesterday. You know, police uh, give somebody a ticket. They don't haul them off to jail necessarily unless right. maybe there is uh, another warrant or Something to that effect. Yeah. Uh, you give them a summons, uh, show up to court on this day, and uh, I would imagine that would be something similar for yes. um, curfew violation. Or would they just take the kid home and, and sometime, talk to their parents? Yeah, and, and sometimes they've taken the kid home and talked to the parents. Yeah. That's exactly right. So, uh, you know, but it turned into a lot of discussion. There was some public comment and, and then a good discussion between the council. But I see I love all that. Like some people will call me after the meeting or sometime when people attend the meeting. They'll be like, oh, what was that? You know, uh, it's just all part of the 
comes with the process. So for me, I, that's some of the moments I enjoy the most. I mean, and I try not to cut up too much. I got my little remarks, and I got to keep things calm. I got to keep everybody. My people are wonderful. I got the best counsel in the world. My last counsel, I was blessed again. But people are passionate. So when people get passionate, it's my job to try not to get all caught up in it and to just keep it flow and keep it moving and and you know the image of a mayor beating a gavel and saying you're out of order and you know all of this you know or like a, a cranky old judge you know I, I don't ever want that so i'll make my little remarks and i'll try to make them laugh and i'll get them to kind of hey you know chill this is gonna be good let's keep talking you know please don't cut in front of each other and, and it works i mean you know it, it's that's my style so for me though i'm having fun every minute that it's going on because it's all part of government it's all part of showing that people care that they have passion that they're part of the community and that we all nobody's got a big ego everybody's equal and we all just trying to make this place a better place and i think that we shine the most when all of that's going on so for me i mean you can go to any i don't watch that i never have i don't plan on it you can go to any tape you play you you hear it all the time like hey anybody else got something to say i mean i'm looking around actively you know gigging them you know like okay you got anything else because i, I think that that makes us better anyway so a gotcha. little bit more functional than the one up highway 31 <laughs> that's just, funny just a little bit that's funny was uh, the chief there for the other ordinance in regard to uh, selling some surplus yeah, vehicles? Yeah, we had some surplus vehicles to sell. We have two communities that are chomping at the bit. The chief hates, and I really do too, that there's a 10-day ten, ten waiting period after we do this because, I mean, we had one, I'm not kidding, we had a mayor come and drive up and show up with, some, like he had his checkbook two weeks ago. I want to buy these cars. I mean, we, we couldn't. Then we have to pass an ordinance. Then we have to, declaring them surplus. Now there's a 10-day waiting period. Hey, the law is the law. So they'll be able to buy them in 10 days. So he was there for that, and then we uh, had the MOU with uh, combining our SWAT teams between the uh, Sheriff's Department and the city. And the way that's going to function is if uh, the Sheriff's Department comes and assists us in town, then our SWAT commander is in charge of the whole team. When we go out into the parish, then their SWAT commander is in charge of the whole team. But we've already been training together. I can tell you that some of that has already occurred. There have been times. If you go to a big city, I love my town. I am a small city with some big city problems. That's just the truth. So if you go to a big city, SWAT departments are at least 15 people. Well, we have 15 if we combine both of them. So what that does is basically help both of us that we are totally staffed, can do all the functions that they train to do, and then we can share equipment. We have uh, tons of gizmos. You know, we're a new department. We have some maybe a little bit more modern stuff. You know, we're we only four years old. Uh, the sheriff's department has big resources that we don't have. So when you put them together between the manpower and the resources, uh, like, you know, we're buying a Bearcat. We don't have it yet, though. You know, they have the MRAP. And so that gives SWAT guys protection, gives them something if they have to break into something, if they need to duck and cover. Um we both have, I think the Sheriff's Department just got some. We have two or three drones um, and different types of drones. We have one that can break the wind and go in a building. We, you know, we have all kinds of stuff. And so uh, both of us, both SWAT teams have various explosive devices that they might need to use to breach and enter. So, but when you combine us, we really make a good SWAT team. So that's, uh, that's what that was about. And so I think the chief was really there for those two items. Gotcha, gotcha. Speaking of uh, police, uh, we had a caller, a listener, um, last week uh, call in. Apparently he had witnessed a baby locked in a car, and uh, mm -hmm. 
the NIPD um, helped in that situation? Yes, yes, yes. I heard about that uh, the next day, and that they did. No, we got, uh, you know, and, and knocking around with the police department, which I've been very fortunate to do, was having been the guy who brought them back and fought for that really hard, and the voters were, you know, blessed us with passing that tax and allowing us to do it, but you know, hiring every one of them, basically, and being very involved because I need the knowledge. I need to know what's going on. They do they do heroic things every day. I yeah. see every day something go down that, you know, nobody calls and talks about it and nobody's got their phone out taking pictures. But, you know, what those men and women, they see the worst of my community. They see or they see my good people at their worst. That might be a way to put it, okay? But they see, you know, usually when, unfortunately, when an officer's got to go to a scene, you know, it's not always saving a baby or doing, you know, sometimes it's gruesome. And I go because I want to learn and I want to make sure that my officers have everything they need. At the same time, I like to witness the interaction between our officers and the community and see that the community, you know, everybody, everybody needs to get something out of this. And uh, but they do see some crazy stuff. And uh, like I said, they do things like that, you know, every day. That's their job. Gotcha. And another uh, ordinance um, as far as um, amending the budget to reflect uh, an allocation of funds for the marina project? Yes, that was the last part of the ordinance. Uh, Actually, now we are awarding those projects. That was the last step. It takes two months to move money, uh, two meetings to move money a month. And so uh, that marina will get kicked off. Excited about that. At first resolution uh, related, I guess? Yes, yes. And we already talked about the other one, uh, uh, some sewer system improvements. Yes, yes. We have uh, quite a few sewer system improvements coming. We are uh, all that money that you look at that the auditors say we have 300 days to operate. There were times in the past before my administration that the city had 20 days to operate. You're supposed to have at least 60, and we have stockpile to where we, it's not going to stay that way we have stockpiled to where we had 330 days well this is the year to spend it between this year and next year we are making major sewer improvements and major upgrades but that's the beginning of it gotcha yep. also um related uh, to the wastewater department a dump truck yes yes we do all that land app where they actually haul sewer to other locations and it's uh goes on farmers fields and goes some other areas uh, and we needed another dump truck. <laughs> All right. Um, and they're not cheap. Yeah, I get you. Uh, installation of a fixed generator at T-Bayou along with the parish, I guess? Yes, yes. And uh, uh, contract with Paul Allan for services associated with Felicity's Landing Project. Yes. That's the one right over That's here. That's coming right behind uh, the Steamboat Pavilion, that is going to give us access points to the bayou that a normal boat could come in and out of. It's going to get us sets of stairs and a dock down at the bayou level that's 5 feet wide by 121 feet long. And that will allow little small boats to come and go. We're hoping that that is the, going to be the embarking and disembarking point for a tour boat. We're looking for some little small tour boats, nothing big. We've already been talking to people. Nothing that the bridges would have to open, like big enough, but not too big. Uh, we are talking to someone that would maybe bring a big boat a couple times a year and do like a dinner cruise thing, like pre-sell it, and then the bridges would have to open, which is cool with me, but I just, you know, I'm trying to find something that doesn't happen every day. But that's what that land is about. It's kind of the last piece. Once we have that, then what I'm looking to do 
hopefully by sometimes next year is one month do a new boat show and get all the boat dealers from Acadiana to come down and bring their products. Uh, we are talking to two or three uh, wooden blow boat and antique boat clubs about once a year doing like a little antique boat festival. Of course, we're going to push kayaks all we can with our new kayak dock. But those kind of things, really, it's hard for that to happen when you have to launch a boat at City Park and there's no place to get out. Now these marinas and especially these this downtown Felicity's access, you can come to the bars, you can go to the restaurants, you can go to our little shops, you can come and go. So I think that that is going to be, you know, some access that we just really needed to kind of bring this activity to the next level. Gotcha. Um, substantial completion for the little Brooklyn Park Pavilion. Uh, tell us, remind us what that project That's a little, about. that's on down Johnson Alley and uh, that's a cool little park. We already had a park there. Since I've been the mayor, we bought the property next door, which is an adjudicated piece. An old house had been on it, and we added on to the park. We've put a little bit of new things there. Now we added this pavilion. The park is well used by the neighborhood. So we put a nice little metal building pavilion, and it is a metal building. It ain't going anywhere. It's not like a cheesy little thing, you know. It wasn't cheap. And Dustin paid for that out of the $100,000 that each council member got to do something in their district. He spent almost all of his money on that. And the one thing left in this year's budget in November, we're going to allocate 15000 I had a budget price from a subcontractor electrical about twelve five, so we put in fifteen because prices just tend to continue to rise. But that will do the electrical at it. But this project is now finished, and then next year we'll take up another little small project to get some lighting and some receptacles under that pavilion. Real good. Is, is that part of the bus stop uh, thing, that's too? That's not. That's People are getting confused yeah, that's with what that. I was yeah, we had some remarks at the meeting, that, that, but that's not the bus stop. Johnson Alley and the rest of those little small streets, buses can't go down. And so you can't use that as a bus stop because the bus got no place to turn around. The uh, bus stop is on the corner of Henry, and it's uh, that's a capital outlay project. Gotcha. And. Um, Resolution ordering calling a public hearing to be held October 18th for comments on the budget. Uh, again, explain next week's meetings and uh, yeah, the, next the process. Week, um, the council will get their budget packets today or at the latest in the morning, and just so they have them. And then we will review them Monday. We have Monday and Tuesday of next week um, advertised for and set aside as budget meetings. So those budget meetings will happen Monday and Tuesday. Council will review the budget as long as it takes. If we need to go to if we finish in Monday, great. Sometimes we do finish in one night. If it takes two, we have two assigned. If it takes three, we'll just roll it over. So we go through every department with the department head and the council, and we review you know what we're doing for next year, so that the council sees all these projects and everything. You know, nobody's surprised. In other words, all of this is going to hit November one. But every year, the council knows what's coming from that budget book and from these meetings. So they see the path and the direction we're taking. So if any of them ever says, well, I didn't know we were doing that. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's months in advance to plan it. My council doesn't say that because they're, they're in the game. But uh, so we'll have our budget meetings. And then at that budget meeting, by law, I have to say that it'll be on the 18th is the last step. Okay. And that's, that has to happen. And then after that or during that time, we vote on it. It takes a month to pass an ordinance. So normally the first me- last meeting in September, first meeting in October, or both the meetings in October, we vote and pass it so that it's in place for November 1. Gotcha. 
Uh, you mentioned you were coming from the Pepperplex. Uh, you uh, accepted a donation of various equipment from the Iberia Sports Complex Commission for use at the Pepper Plus. Yes, yeah, we got a gator. I rode in it this morning. We got a gator and uh, a couple of lawnmowers and a few other little p- implements and pieces of equipment that they, you know, graciously donated to us. Real good. Another resolution uh, authorized you to execute um, something with the Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, expedited temporary housing Yeah, and we ended up tabling that to get more information. Okay. Okay. In my mind, the way I read it, it was FEMA trailers. So I'm scared of that. I'm not sure that, you know, I want a FEMA camp in New Iberia because they stay forever. If you remember the last couple of times, they ended up, they were very cheaply constructed. They had mold in them, and then nobody picked them up, and they hung around forever. Uh kind of quick job electrical hookups and sewer hookups not really to code so that worries me the bigger fear is that we would establish that or put them wherever and then another hurricane is going to come and then what do i do with all those people the other thing that i asked i'm not trying to be this provincial guy but in a way i am so i said okay i want to help my city I'd even help. I love my parish, so I'll help Delcom, you know, Lowerville, Generate, but I got to draw the line somewhere. So I said, okay, do we know that these people are all coming from Iberia Parish? Mm-hmm. In other words, if you bring busloads of people in from somewhere else, and they, I don't know if I'm opening the door to all of that, and it's not clear. Because if I'm opening the door, although, you know, I mean, I remember my wife washed clothes and we went cook. You don't really want me to cook, but we went cook uh, when we had a bunch of people from Katrina mm-hmm. that stayed for a while here. So, I mean, I'm not saying I, I, I want to help, okay? But part of my responsibility is we run the shelter. So when Sear Gates is a shelter, we get everybody from all of Iberia Parish, and that is our responsibility. We do it, then the parish does not do it, they send them to us. So I already have that on our plate and I want to make sure that that goes well and that comes with a lot of complications because Sear Gates is a gym and not really a shelter so we have 24-hour watch for the fire department until I get a sprinkler system we have you know just a lot of things that it is is awkward but for whatever reason we've always been the place okay Mm -hmm. well I'm not gonna turn my back on that but I just didn't want to take on a whole lot of responsibilities and I wasn't sure what this opened the door. If you read it one way, it's you would put a FEMA trailer next to a house that got destroyed. Well, you know, if you had three or four of those, that's not a big old deal. But you got to think of the big picture that once you say, hey, okay, I'm accepting these in the municipality of New Iberia, could really open the door. So we had a long discussion about that and kind of looked at all sides. And the reason I brought it, okay, I could have checked the box that says, no, don't want to be a city. Right. Okay, send it back and I'd be done. Well, I don't operate that way. Uh, my council has to be involved in everything. So I brought it. I didn't even say too much about it. I said, you know, this is going to be fun. This would be another good government at work. You know, you want a stake? Let's watch the cow bleed. So we all talked about it, went around the table tons of times. It was fun because it's supposed to be, and, and it's serious at the same time. And then Jeff Simon put his hand up and said, you don't have, we, don't, we all don't have enough information. So he is actually, I saw some emails this morning going back and forth with the parish and with FEMA. And, and we'll figure it out. We'll put it on the next agenda and figure out what the answer really should be. Gotcha. And speaking of that sprinkler system, uh, that was uh, on the agenda as well. Yes. Yeah, we're moving forward with that, and I'm excited about that. That is a capital outlay project. Uh, got money from the state. That will make my gym have a larger number of people that can attend functions, which is important because we don't have a civic center, and that's not on the radar. And at the same time, when it needs to be a shelter, once this is complete, 
I wouldn't have to do the 24-hour file watch with my fireman. So uh, that's uh, coming. Gotcha. So you skipped over the LGAP um, resolution, financial. Is that just blanket? That's, that's $50,000 that we get that we normally buy equipment with. I have to come back to the council, you know, want to come back to the council and tell them what I'm going to do with it. You know, one year we bought a mini excavator, okay, but uh, that's not here yet. Uh, then the next year we're buying two lawnmowers and a pickup truck. Uh, that's not here yet. Uh, this year they didn't tell me if I could spend it yet until I spend the other money. But I'm waiting on it. One receipt from one vendor is holding me up from spending three years of fifty thousand dollars so but they working on it so uh we're trying to get that invoice from a vendor so every year we buy equipment for various departments with that money gotcha introduced uh, or uh, we're scheduled to introduce three ordinances i'm assuming they uh did get introduced but uh, American Rescue Plan Act funds, uh, what are we hoping to do with that yeah, one? Yeah, that's the the whole American Rescue, and every time we change something, every time we say, okay, this is going to go to sewer, but we're going to do this with it, or we're moving it, that's going to be an ongoing thing at every meeting. We're still following our plan for ARPA and trying not to deviate because everybody agreed with it, and I kind of took the approach of here's the ARPA funds, here's our capital outlay funds, here's the internal capital outlay, Let's look at how this whole picture everybody agrees with, that everybody feels we're all, every district's being treated fairly, everybody can agree on the whole plan. So doing that, because we've got so many moving parts, we're spending tons of money. I mean, you can see we've got projects all over the place. So I want to have this kind of global overview that everybody agrees. So ARPA, by law, I, if I make one little change, we have to bring it back and adjust it. On the flip side, I'm constantly doing that with everything else because I need all my counsel and they need me to tell them where we're heading and I need them to buy into where we're heading. So it's a, uh, it's just a process. All right. One uh, that I was uh, interested uh, more than any of them may be the uh, waste contract. Uh, yes. Pelican waste. Uh, you've settled yeah. on them. We, we bid it out. We uh, put a bid package together. Hillary, my newest assistant and I put the whole bid package together Got it out. We ended up with four contractors that bid. We asked for a shopping list. I, I needed a shopping list. I needed to know what recycling cost. I need to know what garbage, bulky waste cost. I need to know what happens if you would pick the bulky wake up, waste up every week instead of every two weeks. I think that was a mistake that I voted for years ago because it was a budget cutback, but that has caused us a lot of uh, anxiety. And confusion. And confusion. And on top of that, people see a pile, and next thing you know, they put garbage in the pile, and then everybody gets mad and mad at us that now whoever the bulky waste person is, they won't pick it up. But now it's contaminated. It can't go to their C&D landfill because it got garbage in it or tires or whatever. So they say, hey, you know, foul, not in my contract to pick up. And then everybody's mad, and they're mad at the vendor, and they're mad at the city, and they're mad at the council person. Well, you know, I didn't tell you to go and put the a neighbor's of, mad at the guy who yeah, did it to yeah, begin if with. if they even know. know. Yeah. Okay. And so, and sometimes it's the neighbor that put the garbage in the guy's pile, so now everybody's mad, okay? So I really think that every week would be the solution. And then you have the garbage pickup that we've had. a, uh, and, and, you know, overall, they did a good job. We had a basically 20-year run with Republic. So bid it all out. Got all the prices in. Pelicans is low. And what Pelicans did to really be low, and, I mean, nobody asked them to do that. That's the way they bid the job. They said no extra charge to pick it up every week. So that gave me one of the tools that I needed when I added the other numbers 
up for the extra pickup and everything and went down the line, well, you know, they were by far the lowest. So we uh, had a long discussion. Every council person commented. Every council person said Pelicans has the best price, but they all had stories of, you know, they didn't pick this up, they didn't pick that up. Uh, you know, some had more concerns or than others. So I said, well, that's why you do a contract. You know, this is phase one. Phase one is they have the best price. They fit within the taxes we collect, which is a relief to me. So we can continue to do good stuff with our money and not throw it all in the garbage. Number two, you see that man right there? I trust him. He's going to write our contract. And so, and the contract will have some milestones. We'll have some performance indicators. We'll have some penalties if those performances aren't met. Uh, We'll have an out clause, you know, if I had to cancel it. Uh, there was a time, and like I said, they did a very good job for us, but there were times that the garbage pickup, when I got here, they, they had amassed $25,000, $28,000 worth of fines. I didn't end up having to do it. We amassed them. We documented it. I said, look, I can take $28,000 out of your contract. You get your act together. They actually hired a guy who did a great job and got their act together. So, but you've got to have those things. This is a long-term contract. It's a 10-year contract. So uh, our next step. Can you go beyond? Why, why am I thinking you can't go beyond you can't, three years? No, on uh, no. You're thinking about our charter. Our charter is 24 months. When we rewrote the charter years ago, anything longer than 23 months has to be by ordinance. So, all right, but you can go longer. But a garbage contract or a service contract agreement can okay. go up to 10 years. Can't go any longer than gotcha. that. Um. So. That's where we're at. The next step is uh, our city attorney is drawing up the contract. He and I met on that and kind of gave him some param- our parameters. And, of course, he's at the council meeting, so he hears all the concerns. Sure. So he is putting that together and have a meeting with them next week. So the next step of this process is, you know, contract negotiations and then sign the contract and the turnover would happen uh, in November. Gotcha. So we can anticipate if all goes well that... Bulky waste, garbage, and recycling all same day? All same vendor? Same vendor, same day, which I think is a big uh, relief. I got one person to beat on. I got one person to praise if it's good and one person to beat on if it's not. And uh, you cut out a lot of excuses and a lot of what about this and that, uh, or that's not my week to go do it. So I'm excited about it, Um, cautiously optimistic. Uh, You know, the first step was to get the price right, and uh, we accomplished that. So. We go from there, but that's uh, that's a huge thing. You know, uh, there had been some ties to the tax you receive uh, for garbage pickup. Uh, has, I would imagine that. Let me uh, tell you, going for, by the side. that's going by the side. That Ted Hike was a genius. He wrote this contract and they signed it. But they, you know, they signed it because at the time they were making money, so they no one thought that we would crash. You know, again. So the way it was, we paid you, garbage contractor, we pay you whatever we collect in that garbage fund. When things are good, you're going to make a lot of money. If things are ever bad, eh, you won't make as much money. And so they signed that. And that's how it ran for many, many years. Uh, I mean, since I've been here, it's run like that. And then since I was the pro tem. So that's been mm-hmm. quite a long time that that's the contract we've had. So every other mayor I know is like, man, I'm losing money in my garbage fund, and I would just sit there and be quiet and say, man, we got this crazy contract, but it's awesome. Well, when we started to negotiate this, everybody said, don't look for us to sign that, okay? (laughs) Because things have been rough. I mean, you know, once our economy dipped, you know, the last, uh, what would you say, six, seven years, you know, have been really a, a roller coaster. 
And so uh, as the economy started to slide and the taxes started to slide, well, they didn't they didn't get they didn't feel that they got enough. Yeah. But they threatened to sue me since I've been here. They, they you know, tried to break the contract. And I just said, it's a contract. You know, I mean, the knife cuts both ways and was cutting your way. I'm not getting out of it. And so we went round and round when I first got here with with the vendors. And I just said, that's just the way it is. You signed a contract. I mean, when the contract's up, I realize I'll never get anybody to do it again. But that's we, you know, that's what we live in by. And so they weren't always happy with it. Uh, but that went away. No one, I would have had no bids. Yeah. Not that it's the biggest thing, but do you anticipate uh, same day uh, that folks currently get uh, garbage? You know, it's too, I don't know that. I don't yeah. want to put that out there yet. Actually, that is top of my list is to go over the penalties in the contract. I think that's the most important thing is to go over the penalties and my expectations, my city council, my law, my attorney's expectations of the contract. And then I have a whole other list that's just kind of like the, the day-to-day workings of the contract. So that's one thing I need to know. And I don't know if they uh, – I anticipate, but I could be wrong. You assume something, you know, so I have to ask. But I anticipate if they're working in an area, they're going to pick up everything the same time. Why would they not? In other words, if your trucks are there and your people are there, it seems like me, they do the garbage. While they were at that house, they would do the bulk of it. But I'm not sure of that. They could Different have – trucks, huh? They could have – well, they could have – I don't know. They could do bulky waste one day and garbage the next. You know, I'm just not sure. But as soon as I know, because that's all part of the transition, we're thinking about door hangers that they let neighborhoods know. we got to figure out if there's going to be a can transition, mm. you know, from one company to the other. Green. Remember green. Oh, yeah, I don't know about all that. Uh, <laughs> Marlowe, I didn't even know when Marlowe said there that Pel- – I didn't, I didn't think of that. Pelican's cans are maybe blue and yellow, mm. kind of like some Magnese colors. I was like, go Pokes. I went to Magnese, but uh, I didn't know that. And then the ones we have now are green, although they've been replacing them with blue ones yeah. as they break. Yeah. So, yeah, and most communities don't have all the same color can. That, that's a that's an odd thing. But uh, I don't know. There's a chance. I mean, I talked to another mayor, and he said that, well, when I changed, one company bought the containers from the other company instead of switching them and then put their logos on them. Yeah. So, you know, that might happen. I have no clue. Uh, or... Somebody will pick up when we switched years ago. I was the pro tem, and trucks went around picking up one can and dropping off the other can because I still have some cans from the last guy. Because when I moved into my new house, my mom had held on to two or three of the old cans, and some of my hands put stuff in that, so I put it at the at the street. Of course, they wouldn't pick them up. It wasn't the right can. <laughs> now it would fit. I said, "Dude, it'll go right on your thing. Can you just dump it one time?" They were like, "Nope." So I had to haul it to a dumpster. I threw the whole can away. You know, I mean, what do I need that for? But uh, so I don't know. All of that's kind of up in the air. I'll know more after we, you know, have our first meeting next week. Yeah, I take credit for the green. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Hilda and I had a conversation about this. Okay. Thinking it would blend in with, you know, trees and bushes and things like that and look a lot better in the landscape. You're probably right. I mean, that's not a bad idea. So, but, uh, you know, (laughs) I don't know if I can get a company to change their color, you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. And let's see, uh, ordinance um, amending the budget to allocate funding for National Association of Realtors grant, setting for a public hearing at the next yeah, meeting. Yeah, it's about a total, the total project's about 15000 The grant is 5000 from one entity, maybe five from another, 500 from another, and some local realtors put this together, and it's going to allow us to buy some benches and some trash cans and some of our improvements along Bayou Tesh. Excellent. Mm-hmm. 
Finance reports from Kevin Zerang. Anything out of the order there? No, he's so beat up working on the big budget that uh, we kind of let him slide. In other words, what he's really checking is to make sure that each department is within the percentage where it needs to be for the time frame we're in in budget year. And so we kind of let him off the hook early of, you know, everybody was within their percentages, so he didn't go through it in, in as great detail as he normally does because he left his office working on budget, and then when the meeting was over, he went back to his office to work on budget, and he worked on it uh, yesterday, and he worked on it last night. I mean, that's all he does until the budget time is Monday, and he's got to get those books out today and tomorrow. So, uh, so we're going to count on, it uh, at April 15th. Yeah, basically, you know? this is his tax season. Yeah. You know, with me, you know, messing him up, I'm sure, but poking my head in, and I want more and more and more. But, uh, you know... I feel the clock running more than anybody, I, and I think I'm supposed to. I feel the same way at my personal business. I, I run the city as much as I can, like I run my personal business, and that clock's in my head ticking that I'm, I'm running out of time every day. I mean, you know, any day you miss, you know, Mom, I can hear my little Marine daddy, burning, late, burning daylight. Uh, you know, I mean, I feel that every day that we got to get things going. So budget time is, I don't find it stressful. It's, it's, it's needed, but budget time for me, you know, don't tell me I got to scrap. You know, if there's a way that I thought I was spending $5 million and I'm only spending four or, or you know, 5.5 and I got a half million dollars laying on the table, I'm going to find a project. And sometimes I find the project overnight and come back the next day and say, hey, this was on my list or this is needed or, you know, why can't we do this? And so I, you never quit designing on your, we do a lot of design build projects in my private world. You don't quit design until you turn the keys over. That's a, a fault, but at the same time, you get the best product. With me, with budget time, you don't quit laying out a new project and figuring out what you can do with money until till they tell you you got to stop because we uh, have a decent reserve. It will go down, but we will keep it well within the law. But I'm not a bank, and that money needs to go back in services. So, And for me, this is the time. You know, When I came in office, I made a little map. I made a thing per year. I'm pretty much right on it. Uh, and the next three years, really, really, two and a half, really need to uh, concentrate on big infrastructure, you know, roads and sewer. Because you hear me talking about roads and sewer now more than you hear me talking about our tourist opportunities, our quality of life projects, because those are all funded. They're coming. You know, we have tons of things from the state that are coming. Our parks, we have, uh, we'll just be asking for park projects probably the whole time I'm the mayor from Capital Outlay because we figured a way, if, if this works especially, in November, we've got our roads under control. We're getting our sewer under control. And parks and recs will be well under control from Capital Outlay. So when you look at that, then it's just fill in the holes, you know, hit, hit the other things you need, beef up your departments, continue to fix the buy equipment that's antiquated, continue to fix roofs and maintenance and drainage. Um, so I'll never run out of projects. I run out of time for I run out of projects. But uh, anyway, so... Budget time is, you know, it's go time. There you go. Anything out of the uh, council announcements? Um? No, not really, because it was a very long meeting, and everybody talked a whole lot. So council announcements, for the most part, were really short. Gotcha. Um, down the road, uh, across from your building, uh, J.D. Regard, the chief nut officer, uh, uh-huh. opened up his pecan uh, pie shop. Yeah, I have to say, it's awesome. He did a great job, as always. He has invested quite a lot of money on that corner, and it shows. We, uh, I got invited to like a soft opening and had lunch there. It was excellent. Um, so wishing him all the luck. I think what he's done, you know, that's, that's kind of, 
That's my that's my end of Main Street. We uh, and it's always been the working in. He and I had a conversation about that while we ate lunch. It's always been the working in. You know, you had Steinberg, so they had furs coming and going, and it smelled like they were furs in the building. Around the corner, you had Frank T and Spice, so you had all these guys with these racks. When I was a kid pulling parsley out and drying it on all the sidewalks, okay, all over the building, and the building, you know, had a weird smell, and plus you had all the vinegar and the pepper mash, so all of that was happening. Our construction company's been there. We had an electrical contracting firm there before. One time at the turn of the century, it was a plumber. Before that, our middle building's like from the 1860s, so it's been all kind of stuff. Um, you had a little newsstand at one time. You had stage. First, before that, it was American department store. Uh, so it's always kind of been the working end. You had the uh, the hotels because you had where the Abra building is, the one I used to own. Uh, you had the Abra Hotel. Then you had Paul's Hotel next to it. And then you had the Frederick Hotel. But everything on that end was just, I mean, the working end. And it always has been. So uh, J.D. has uplifted us, I'm feeling like. Uh, I'm going to have to clean my stuff up, you know, because our construction company has been there my whole t- my entire life. Um, I terrorized the place as a little kid. But anyway, I was very thrilled to see that investment on that end of Main Street. Um, and I think he brings a whole nother tourist attraction. Uh, you know, he's going to have a little pecan museum. Uh, he's got a really good products, uh, you know, sells on the Internet very well. I think the combination of his Internet presence, uh, you know, the advertisements that he does a very good job at. And this that we have another food venue. I mean, it's awesome. You know, you combine that, uh, and, and the, the building I forgot about was the pit grill. Uh, that was the pit grill diner. Before that, it was my family's car lot and, then, and a gas station, and then it became the uh, pit grill in the 60s. And, you know, now we got Rockstar Cafe there, and he's, he's kicking butt. He's I doing, was going to ask you, and, and hopefully J.D. will help. Uh, I kind of think they're going to the play off each other. I mean, it's two different just types of food, two one different One more reason atmosphere. for folks to go the two blocks down. That's there. exactly right. And, you know, for years I sat there in my office, and nobody came. You know, I mean, I've always played with an art gallery. I've always had one adventure after another. If you were coming to find me for the construction company, you knew where to come, or the, the architectural firm, you, you knew where to come. But other than that, you didn't get tourists. Got the, the one great tourist attraction we have on that end prior was the Episcopal Church. Really cool, good architecture, good history. You know, every once in a while, and they looked like they were half dead by the time they came all the way down there. There was nothing to drink, nothing to eat. For years, we had problems that in the afternoon, you, you know, you couldn't get a Coke and a bag of yeah. chips downtown. So uh, they'd few and far between people would make it that far. So I think that what he's done is, is put an anchor on that side. Uh, and, again, one of our big problems is, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, it's hard to find a cup of coffee. It's hard to find. We, we're, we're getting we're past that now. We, we have, you know, yeah. uh, Church Alley Bistro. We have, you know, I can start naming them, but we're getting those kind of businesses. But he provides, a, you know, a big anchor on that side of me. No doubt about it. Anything else uh, to tease no. or no, I think we're good. We, uh, like I said, look out, new budget. I believe that the next time we come, uh, if everything's approved, we'll have a whole new list of projects to talk about. Excellent. Always good. a pleasure. Oh, uh, thank look you. look forward to the mayor coming on Thursdays following city council meetings. See you in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir.